Hey everyone, welcome to the Coastal Podcast. I'm Pastor Lucas Granger and want to say thank you for listening in. May this podcast bring some light to your world today. Enjoy grace and peace. All right, let's get into it. Uh, we've We've been stopping at the crossroads, standing, looking around, asking for those ancient paths, those eternal ways that we would walk in them and have rest for our souls. That's the book of Jeremiah chapter 6 and verse 16. And we've talked about the eternal path of the word and worship and prayer and community and kingdom. And today we are going to talk about the eternal path of holy work. Work. Not too many amens in the house this morning. When I say the word work, what do you think? Let me give you a few words that the Bible uses that some of the the authors there use to describe. They say words like trouble, labor, toil, suffering, misery, hardships, vanity of vanities. All is meaningless. The book of Job is spelt J-O-B. I don't know if that's a coincidence. I don't. Have you ever asked someone, hey, what are you doing tomorrow? And then there's this moment where they look at you in the eyes, and there's like a deep breath, and it's, got to go to work. And it says it all. You know, like, oh, yeah, work, work. Uh, Let's read from the book of Ecclesiastes from a gentleman that is the smartest guy at a time on the planet. And it says this in Ecclesiastes chapter 2, beginning with verse 9. So I became greater than all who had lived in Jerusalem before me, and my wisdom never failed me. Anything I wanted, I would take. I denied myself no pleasure. I even found this. I found great pleasure in hard work and a reward for all of my labors. But... As I looked at everything that I had worked so hard to accomplish, it was all meaningless. Like chasing after the wind, there was nothing that really was worthwhile anywhere. He's not a downer at all. He continues to go on in verse 17. So I came to just absolutely hate life because everything done under the sun is so troubling. Everything is meaningless. It's just like chasing the wind. So I came to hate all of my hard work here on earth, for I must leave it to others, everything that I have earned. And who can tell whether my successor will be wise or be foolish? Yet this will happen. They will control everything I have gained by my skill and my hard work under the sun. How meaningless. So I gave up in despair, questioning the value of all of my hard work in this world. No one's ever had a day like this where you're just questioning, oh, am I even making a difference? Some people work wisely with knowledge and skill, and then they must leave the fruit of their efforts to someone who hasn't worked for it. This, too, is meaningless and a great tragedy. So what do people get in this life for all of their hard work and anxiety? Their days of labor are filled with pain and grief. Even at night, their minds cannot rest. This, it's all meaningless. 
So I decided this. I decided there's nothing better than just to enjoy food and drink and to find satisfaction in work. Then I realized this is pleasures. Uh, they, they are from the hand of God. He goes on to say, yeah, but this too is meaningless. Thank you for coming to church today. <laughs> enjoy the service. Grace, peace. This is the wisest guy on the planet, and he is an absolute wreck. All of this, all the rewards for all of his labor, he just feels like it's meaningless. Have you ever had those days? Have you ever had those moments where you just feel like, hey, everything's going good, it's great, and then 20 minutes later, what does this all mean? I'm so depressed. You were good 15 minutes ago. And then it was one conversation, it was one flat tire. You know, whatever it was, here's the thing. No matter what job you have, there's going to be days. I remember thinking as a, a, a young, young man growing up and the things that I wanted to be when I grew up, um, the very first one was jet fighter pilot. I thought, you know, if you're an 80s kid and you watch Top Gun, I mean, that was what you wanted to do. I want to be a jet fighter pilot. I'm going to fly 8,000 miles an hour through the air and blow stuff up. It's going to be amazing. And then I got crushed in the late 80s because back then, uh, if you didn't have 20-20 eyesight, you couldn't be a pilot. So I was like, well, that dream has just went downhill pretty quick. So then we moved here to the beach, and I thought, oh, professional surfer. I'm just not any good. So that dream got crushed. And, but I thought, you know, professional surfer, what kind of a dream job is that? You travel all over the world. You go to Australia and Fiji and Tahiti and Hawaii, and you're on the beach, and you surf the best waves in the world. This is going to be a dream job. And then you watch some of the interviews with some of these professional surfers, and they're just like, I'm so tired of this. Like, yeah, because your job's so hard, right? But it doesn't matter what you do. Even if you love your work, you love what you do, there are going to be days. You're going to be days when you're just like, and I come, and it just feels like it's all meaningless. And you start to describe your work with these words like toil. And here's the thing. What if I was to tell you that work is good? Work is holy, and work is eternal. It's just broken, it's just broken. It's the consequences of sin. Let's read from Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3 and in verse 17, Adam sinned and God says this to him in verse 17. And to the man he said, since you listened to your wife and you ate from the tree, whose fruit I commanded you not to eat, the ground is cursed because of you. All of your life, you're going to struggle to scratch a living from it. It will grow thorns and thistles for you. Though you will eat of its grain, by the sweat of your, your brow, you will have food to eat. Until you return to the ground from which you were made. For you were made from this dust, and dust you will return. Could you imagine being Adam and having God say those words to you? Like, whoa, whoa. I mean, there's this moment where, where work is good, and, and before sin had entered in, God had given Adam work to do, and now God's telling him, listen, the work that you're going to do is broken. 
You're going to work and you're going to toil by the sweat of your brow and you're going to try to produce all these things. There's going to be thorns and thistles in your life. This is part of what's going to happen because of sin. Adam had this work. He had a garden to tend to. He had animals to name. And God's saying, listen, this now is broken and there are consequences. And I think sometimes we recognize that we are broken. But we forget that the earth is broken. We forget that, that the dirt doesn't wait, work the way it's supposed to work. And the sun and the moon and the stars, all, all of this thing, it is broken. The ground will cease and, and, and to yield its strength to you. Tomatoes ain't supposed to be this small. There's, there's something that came and, and we, we broke it. Now let's read from the book of Revelation chapter 14. And so you have this beginning where God has given Adam work to do, and it's good work, and it's holy work, and there's a, there's a garden to tend to, and there's, there's things to be done and animals to name. And then we start wrapping things up here because there's all of this language about work through the Bible. And we come to the end here in chapter 14 and beginning in, I think, just verse 13. It says this, And I heard a voice from heaven saying, Write this down. Blessed are those who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, they are blessed indeed, for they will rest from their hard work and their good deeds, their good deeds will follow them. Now, Revelation chapter 22, verse 3. And no longer, this is, this is the culmination of all things. Things are being wrapped up and made new. New heaven, new earth, all this is happening. And no longer will there be a curse upon anything. For the throne of God and the Lamb will be there, and his servants will worship him. In other words, like, when everything comes back together, that full circle that God has told Adam about, things are going to be made right again. God is in the business of the renewal of all things of all things, of me and of you and our kids and generations to come and of the dirt and the stars and the moon and the trees and all of this is coming back into what God originally intended it to be. But the problem is right now it is broke. And so the question arises, do we have to wait for heaven or can we experience it now? Was Solomon right in his description of work and everything being vanity and everything being this hard work under the sun? Was he right or was he wrong? Well, the answer is yes and no. It's like the kingdom of God. It's here. It's among us. And it's now. And it's yet to come. Yes, we can experience a certain thing when it comes to our work and our labors, but no let me be very clear with this. No, you cannot experience the fullness of that work. That's for a time to come. Now, this is the complete opposite of the teaching that for a good number of you, you have been taught. That you come to Jesus, and when you come to Jesus, everything is going to be made right. And all of a sudden, your bank account's going to get full. You're never going to get sick again. All of your days are going to be good. And we eat that stuff up on television. And I don't know how to tell this, this to you any other way. They are lying to you. Amen. They are lying to you. That is not what the, script, the scriptures teach. And if you don't believe me, just ask anybody in the Bible. Ask any one of the apostles. Ask, ask Paul. 
hey, yo, but Paul, but you've come to Jesus now. It's going to be all good, you know? I think Paul, well, that day they stoned me and left me for dead was a bad day. The whips on my back, the shipwrecks, all of these things, time and time again. There was some rough ones. It was a few days. Like, where did we get this idea? The work that we have, it is broken. The good news is we can experience more of the fruit of the Spirit in our current work than we are currently experiencing. In other words, there's, there's, this, there's like pieces of the kingdom that show up that are like, oh, yes. And there's fulfillment, and there's joy, and there's, oh, this is great, and this is good work, and the kingdom shows up in our work, but it isn't its fullness. We can experience more peace on our job, more kindness, more gentleness, more self-control, more rest in our work, less sense of hopelessness, more knowing that we are making a difference in what we're doing. You can work from a place of peace, even when things go south. That is the kingdom message, that God will, will, will use you even on your worst days, your best days, even when you don't control the outcome, even when you don't control the outcome, because that's Solomon's big complaint. I'm going to do all of this hard work. I'm going to do all of this labor, and then I've got to turn it over to someone else, and who knows if he's wise or if he's a fool. This is vanity. This is vanity. All of this labor, all of my hard work. Who knows? And so for Solomon, this is a huge problem. But for Jesus, it's a solution. Now we'll get back to that in a few minutes. A few things about your work that I want to go over this morning. One, you are called. You are called by God. He has a plan and a purpose before you were formed in the womb. In other words, before your success or your failure, God already had something for you. Before you had a word in it, before you were a glimmer in your mama's eye, God already had something for you. And it wasn't based on your success or your failure, so you can't be good enough for it, nor can you be bad enough for it. It's what God says he has for you. There is an area of service in which God is calling you into. It was formed long ago. So what does that mean? That means this. You can't be anything you want to be when you grow up. I know that's what everybody told you. Hey, you can be whatever you want to be when you grow up. Sparky, I'm sorry. You ain't never going to play in the NBA, bro. Right? I had this dream as a child, and I'm a dunk. It ain't going to happen, bro. But we have this kind of idea and we're taught that you could do anything that you want to do. No, you can't. You can do what God has called you to do. Because anything outside of what God has called you to do is going to make you miserable. You could try and try and do all these things. And it's just not good. Could you imagine Adam in the garden and like, all right, I've given you this garden. And Adam's just like, mm, nah. It's not spiritual enough for me. God, could you give me something else? I want to be a gardener. For like naming stuff. How about jet fighter pilot? <laughs> no, you can only be what God has called you to be. There is a garden just for you. You've got to find your garden and work it. You've got to find your garden and work it. What is the highest calling in God? 
sometimes we get around church world and we say, well, you know, these high callings, being a pastor or evangelist, a priest or an apostle. You want to know what the highest calling is? The highest calling is what God's called you to do. The thing that God has called you to do, that is the highest calling for your life. If you were not called to do that thing, it ain't for you. And, and I've, I've recognized that sometimes we dismiss our gifts because they come naturally to us. And so we don't see them in gifts of, as God, and we begin to think that, ah, it's, it's just not. My wife is a talented administrator. She keeps everything under control. And for years, I had to tell her, baby, this is a gift. Like, people, everybody can't do what you do with all of the organization and administration. And she just thought of it like, well, that's just not spiritual enough. It's just like, I can't do what you do. I can't tell a story like how you tell a story. I was like, girl, none of this works without you. This is a gift that God has given you. And you've got to work your gift no matter what it is. Security, cooking, gardening, cleaning. It's all spiritual. And, and sometimes if we're not careful, we just think, oh. You know, let me tell you, the, uh, Jason Gore, I think he's in the house somewhere today. Where's Jason at? I saw him here earlier. He might be on security. He's on safety. He could hear me outside. This, this dude gets on my nerves. <laughs> I do. I, I can't stand Jason. He is this amazing farmer. He does this whole, it's like natural, organic, him and Lauren. Lauren's in the house too. It's probably more Lauren than Jason. They both get on my nerves. Um, so I'm trying to learn how to garden. And so I'll go to Jason, who just does an amazing job. You know, how do you do it? How do you grow these, these amazing plants and fruits and vegetables? And, stuff? and he'll, just, he'll just act like it's so easy. Oh, you just, you just throw them in the ground. You just, you just you plant them in July, and they just, like, dude, I hate you. And, and, I, and I do that, and I kill everything. And, it, and I've learned it. It's not just farmers. It's fishermen, too. It's that same spirit. Have you ever, like, asked a fisherman, how do you fish? They won't, they tell you the worst answer. Like, they act like, oh, you just, you just put some bait on it. And throw, well, I know that part. <laughs> like, but I do what you do, and it doesn't work. And you just have this gift. You have this thing, and it just works. You act like it's so simple. It's not. Maybe there's some things and some giftings in your life that you've dismissed just because they come natural to you. And if you're not careful, you'll dismiss your garden and you'll try and work someone else's garden that God hasn't called you to work. You are called for a specific pur purpose. The next thing, your identity. Your work is not who you are. We are tempted to derive meaning from what we do in the sense of who we are. This is a huge mistake. We do what we do because of who God has created us to be and how he has created us to work. This is one big garden for God, and we all have our place. And God is far more interested in who you are becoming than what you are doing. Now let that sink in for a while. Because there's somebody in the room that, oh, I disagree with that. Think about it. God is far more interested in who you are becoming than just what you are doing. Amen. Have you read the Sermon on the Mountain? See, there's this idea, if you could, if it, let me just do all these right things. Like, don't kill anybody. Don't, com 